This is the Westwards podcast, a fortnightly production of Westwards, the Western Sydney Literature Organisation. Western Sydney is located on the traditional lands of the Darug, Gunungurra and Tharawal nations, and we acknowledge and offer our respects to all Indigenous people and to their Elders past, present and emerging. Opinions and views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily those of the Westwards organisation. If you'd like to ask questions, offer feedback or simply learn more about what we do at Westwards, please visit westwards.com.au. All right, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to the Westwards podcast for today, Sunday the 8th of May 2022. My name is James Roy, I'm your host as always, and today is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all of those mums out there, mothers and grandmothers and great-great-great-grandmothers oh, and everyone else, I mean, anyone who's been a mother, anybody who is about to become a mother. Uh, we are eternally grateful to everything that you do as mothers. It's a really interesting idea isn't it to bring your life into the world and i i have been a part of that picture as a father on two occasions and a grandfather on two occasions but i've never been the mother i've never um never actually grown a child which i'm led to believe by the women in my life is a big deal and of course it is a very big deal it's been done many many billions of times but it is still a big deal uh so today we are going to uh celebrate and honour the mothers in our lives. I'd like to personally acknowledge my own mum, Barbara, and my wife, Vicky, and my two beautiful daughters, April and Holly. You're all amazing women, and you're all amazing mothers. So today we're going to look at a couple of uh, books about motherhood that I can highly recommend. Now the first of these books is a book by one of my favourite writers, her name is Anne Lamott. Now, anybody who has listened to this podcast before or who has listened to the mini masterclasses or has really had much to do with writing at all will have probably been, will probably be aware of Anne Lamott's book, Bird by Bird, which is a wonderful book about uh, writing. I think we might have mentioned it last podcast, in fact. It's a wonderful book about writing and about taking things step by step. But in 19, when was it, 93, I think, yes, 1993, Anne Lamott published a book called Operating Instructions, a journal of my son's first year. And it's, uh, it's a very, it's a fun book. It's written about motherhood and it's her account of her son Sam's first year. It's written kind of in a diary style, I suppose, a journalistic style. She wrote this book about her son who was uh, born when she was 35 or she fell pregnant when she was 35. She's a recovering alcoholic. She was single at the time. Uh, and she writes in her very honest and self-deprecating way about, well, <laughs> about, about the exhaustion mostly of, uh, of having a child and, and the changes that go through, uh, through one's mind and how one, one learns to deal with parenthood and, and accepts it and struggles against it and and the feelings of loneliness and, and difficulty. And also she kind of uh, plays this out against a very close friend of hers who has cancer. And it's not 
some kind of sentimental, uh, some sentimental treatment of parent parenthood. It's really all about the confusion and the difficulty and the, and the wonder that is uh, being a new parent. Now it's 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 divided people. Some people say that it's just someone feeling sorry for themselves and not empowering at all, and other people talk about it being. Um, and just an angry liberal ranting about something that thousands of people have done and or millions of people have done and and then there's other people who say that it's just just a, a beautiful book and I, I'm in the latter camp so let me share a couple of quotes from this starting with this one which is from the first chapter and she talks about going to have her, uh, her amniocentesis even the three weeks of waiting for the results of the amniocentesis weren't the most fearful part nor was the amnio itself it was, in fact, one of the sweetest experiences of my life. My friend Manning drove me into San Francisco and stayed with me through the procedure and, well, talk about intimate. It made sex look like a game of Twister. I lay there on the table at the hospital with my stomach sticking out, Manning near my head, holding my hands, a nurse by my feet patting me from time to time, one doctor running the ultrasound device around and around the surface of my tummy, the other doctor taking notes until it was his turn with the needles. The ultrasound doctor was showing me the first pictures of my baby, who was at that point a four-month-old fetus. He was saying, ah, there's the head now, and there's the leg, there's its bottom. And I was watching it all on the screen, nodding, even though it was all just underwater photography, all quite ethereal and murky. Manning said it was like watching those first men on the moon. I pretended to be able to distinguish each section of the baby, because I didn't want the doctor to think I was a lousy mother who was already judging the kid for not being photogenically distinct enough. He pointed out the vertebrae, a sweet curved strand of pearls, and then the heart, beating as visibly as a pulsar, and that was when I started to cry. Then the other doctor took one of his needles and put it right through my stomach near my belly button in a circle that the ultrasound doctor had described with the end of a straw. I felt a pinch and then mild cramping and that was all as the doctor began to withdraw some amniotic fluid. Now you probably think, like I thought, that this fluid is some vaguely holy salt water flown in from the coast for the occasion, but it's mostly baby pee, light green in colour. What they do with then is to send it to the lab where they culture it, growing enough cells from the tissue the baby has sloughed off into the amniotic fluid to determine if there are chromosomal abnormalities and whether it is a boy or a girl, if you care to know. During the first week of waiting, you actually believe your baby is okay because you saw it scoot around during the ultrasound and because most babies are okay. By the middle of the second week, things are getting a bit dicey in your head and most of the time you still think the baby is okay. But on the cusp of the second and third weeks, you come to know, not to believe, but to know that you are carrying a baby inside you in only the broader sense of the word baby, because what is growing in there has a head the size of a mung bean, with almost no brain at all, because all available tissue has gone into the building of a breathtaking collection of arms and knees. Maybe not too many arms, but knees absolutely everywhere. Finally, though, the nurse who had patted my feet during the amnio called, and the first thing she said was that she had good news, and I thought I might actually throw up from sheer joy. Then she talked about the findings for a while, although I did not hear a word, and then she said, do you want to know it's sex? And I said, yes, I did. First taken from Operating Instructions, a journal of my son's first year by Anne Lamott, and it was first published uh, by Anchor, and uh, it's been reprinted several times since, I believe. I read it online, but it's a uh, terrific book. I can really recommend it. The second book of uh, about motherhood that I would like to talk about is it's a very popular book, mainly because of how beautifully it's written. In fact, it was written so well that it, it won a Pulitzer Prize in 19... What year did it win? 1988, perhaps. Yes, that's when. 1988. And the book I am talking about is Beloved. 
by Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison was a an African-American writer, a professor as well, and, and so forth, and a beautiful writer, wrote some terrific books. But she's probably best known for Beloved. Not only is this book renowned for the way it's written, because it is written beautifully, but really what it's about... It, it, it has some, uh, it, it's about a, a family of people who were enslaved, African-American people. They, their house is haunted. But it was inspired by an event that actually took place. Uh, a woman who was a, uh, an enslaved person in Kentucky who escaped and fled to Ohio in 1856. And then she was caught and the U.S. Marshals uh, came to take her and her husband back. Where they, from where they barricaded themselves. And when they got her, she was attempting to kill her children and had already killed her two-year-old daughter. And the reason she was busily killing her children was not because she had been overtaken by some terrible uh, fit of insanity or rage or whatever it might be. She was, was quite literally doing it to spare them from being returned back to slavery and it was this is a true story and tony morrison took this and turned it into this wonderful book i'm not going to quote from the book itself because it it feels a little you know in a time of own voices i don't feel equipped to really do justice to this piece of writing the story that it tells is really uh, a very traumatic and and dark story that uh, isn't just about a mother and her love for their child but it's also about the in fact let me digress slightly at the beginning of the book the dedication to beloved reads 60 million and more which is a reference to the people who were held in slavery african-americans who were held in slavery over the over that period of time so as I haven't been a mother either, as I pointed out earlier, so I don't really feel like I'm in a position to do justice to this. But I, I will read something that she said in an interview, and this was written. This was published in the Huffington Post a couple of days after she died, which was in uh, in 2019. And she said, "There's something so valuable about what happened when one became a mother. For me, it was the most liberating thing that ever happened to me." And she was asked, liberating, isn't every mother a hostage to love? And she said, liberating because the demands that children make are not the demands of a normal other. The children's demands on me were things that nobody else ever asked me to do, to be a good manager, to have a sense of humour, to deliver something that somebody could use. And they were not interested in all the things that other people were interested in, like what I was wearing or if I was sensual. Somehow all of the baggage that I had accumulated as a person about what was valuable just fell away. I could not only be me, whatever that was, but somebody actually needed me to be that. If you listened to them, somehow you were able to free yourself from baggage and vanity and all sorts of things and deliver a better self, one that you like. The person that was in me that I liked best was the one my children seemed to want. So that was Toni Morrison talking about motherhood. But if you do want to check out her book, you just have to go to any bookshop and ask them to order or a library and ask them if they can... Get you a copy of Beloved by Toni Morrison, and it is really, it's, a, it's not an easy read, but it is a very, very fine piece of writing. So happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in our lives. We are, as I said earlier, very grateful for all that you do and all that you 
have done in the past and will continue to do in the future, it's um, it's not it doesn't go unrecognised. So I'd like to share a couple of events with you uh, that we have coming up. Starting with the close of the Westwards Ultimo Prize. We have talked about this before. Now, I, I don't want to harp on this, folks, but come on now. If you have an, a completed but as yet unpublished manuscript that isn't under consideration by anyone at the, moment, at the present time, and you have a connection to Western Sydney, then uh, you should definitely consider entering for the Westwards Ultimo Prize, which comes with $5,000 in prize money, a week at Varuna, the National Writers' House in Katoomba, and a publication deal with Ultimo Press, a very fine independent uh, publishing house. But you've got to be in it to win it, and you have about a week, 9 o'clock on the 16th of May, so that's a week from now, really. Uh, you you can have that uh, have that manuscript in there and being looked at by 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 people from Ultimo Press and Westwards, and being considered for publication. But you do have to have a connection to Western Sydney. Maybe you were born here. Maybe you were raised here. Maybe the book is about Western Sydney or is in some way directly related to the uh, Western Sydney experience, whatever that means. So get in on it. Get to westwords.com.au or you can call us on 1-800-WESTWORDS and we'll be very happy to provide you with more details. Uh, but get in on it. It's a terrific opportunity. Now, one of the other things that is, has been a terrific opportunity is the uh, Living Stories competition. The entries for that have closed now and are being judged as we speak. But I would really like to, on behalf of everyone from Westwards and everyone involved with Westlit Libraries and whoever else was involved in making this happen, say thank you to the th over 300 people who entered this competition across Western Sydney. We were kind of a little bit concerned with about a, uh, with a few days out uh, from the closing date because we thought, we actually don't have as many as we had last year and we were starting to get a little bit worried and then boom, they all came in on on a, in a day or two so over 300 entries which is terrific uh, and so they're being judged right now so we will certainly keep you posted on who has been commended and shortlisted and eventually who is on in the winner's circle for each of these categories but thank you to everyone who entered and everyone who encouraged someone to enter these are all stories about western sydney where we live and they're stories that need to be told and should be told and um we enjoy reading. So another event that uh, is coming up this week is the Westside Poetry Slam. The Westside Poetry Slam is a monthly hybrid open mic night where you can sign up on the night and perform an original piece of writing to open minds, hearts and arms and random audience members score just for fun. And other performance art forms are also welcome. And this month, the featured artists are Tom Caldor and Natty. Natty was, if you go and look at uh, our Westwards official YouTube channel, you'll find the, the teaser from last month. And on there, you'll find Natty reciting or, or reading her poem all the way from Finland. She's an Australian living in Finland. 
And she was so impressive and everybody was so taken with the way she presented that they have asked her to be the featured one of the featured artists for this coming month. So that's Wednesday, 7pm. You can either turn up in person at Westwards, which is a 4100 Street, Parramatta, and you can catch a train there or you can... Uh, there's very limited parking. So we probably recommend you don't do that, but uh, it's, it's easy to get to. Or you can go to... Uh, Go to our, our web page and find the Zoom link or uh, give us a call and we can give you the Zoom link because it is a hybrid. So not only other people in the room uh, enjoying it, but there are lots of people at home as well. After school creative writing is still uh, happening. Uh, term two is off and running, but there are still spaces. And if you're involved in the Campbelltown Writers Groups run by yours truly and by Sienna Brown, uh, the Masterclass series is coming. And that's going to be held out at, some of it at least, is going to be held out at the Wedderburn Writers Retreat uh, out in Wedderburn, which is just south of Campbelltown, and that's the Westwards office. We were, we were in that office for oh, a good couple of years through lockdown, and we it's, it's still sometimes occupied, but it's... Uh, it's a beautiful place out there in the bush and a great place to go out there and, and learn some terrific writing skills. We have a writer-in-residence, Dub Leffler, is going to be at Mount Druitt Public School and we're looking forward to seeing what he does. And there's a whole raft of stories and, uh, sorry, of, of writers who are going to be working in schools across Western Sydney in the next uh, few months. And I'd like to encourage anyone who wants to hear the very best writers reading their own work. Go to our Westwards official YouTube channel and you'll find the readings playlist. And the current one, the most recent one, is Lee Kaufman. Lee Kaufman is, she's a wonderful lady. She's a terrific person to know. She's also a best-selling author and writing coach. And she's written a book called The Writer Laid Bear, which is really a book about, it's memoir, but it's also about writing skills and a toolkit and she writes about her own life and uh, also, as I say, about writing practice. Lee is a highly regarded memoirist, novelist, editor, writing coach, and uh, well-known in the writing, Australian writing scene. And her reading is, well, it's, very, it's quite lovely. And if you go to our website, you can find the link to that, or you just go to Westwards Official. Don't forget, too, that Sydney Writers' Festival, we have a couple of events that are going to be integrated with them, shared with the Sydney Writers' Festival. First one is Auburn Poets and Writers, which is the 17th of May at 7.30. It's, uh, it's partly poetry, partly performance. It's multimedia, multilingual, and that's going to be held at Westwards, $10 uh, tickets at the door, but uh, you can book and probably should book. And then Innocence and Experience, the Poets of the Blake Poetry Prize, will uh, involve our Executive Director, Michael Campbell, in conversation with Simone King, Meredith Watterson, and Mark Tredinick. And that is going to be at uh, the Casula Powerhouse Art Centre on the 21st of May. And that's going to be a terrific uh, evening as well. So that's it from us. If you have any questions, please please feel free to give us a call, 1-800-WESTWORDS, or email admin at westwords.com.au, or go to our website and sign up for our newsletter, and all of that will get dropped into your inbox on a Friday evening. 
I'll be back in uh, in a week with another mini masterclass. I've got a very exciting one coming up with a uh, a slam poet, in fact, who is also a training to be a registered nurse, and he'll be talking. It's gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go back into my registered nursing headspace and try to make try and make sense of it because that's of course what I did for almost 20 years and so hearing uh, hearing Alistair talk about it in the way he does is I don't want to use the word triggering that seems a bit dramatic doesn't it but uh, anyway Alistair uses his his poetry as a catharsis but also as a bit of a uh, an exploration of, of his own personal approach to healing and grief and suffering and and joy and care and altruism and all of those all those things that are so tightly linked to people working in the health profession especially at the moment and I personally am kind of glad that I'm not a registered nurse anymore especially with the two years we've just come through but I also want to say that uh, those who still are we salute you and and are incredibly grateful to all the health health workers who have helped get us through these pretty tricky couple of years. Anyway, as I say, that's it from us for this fortnight uh, for the Westwards podcast. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. But until then, as we always say, happy creating. Happy creating.